0: Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people, and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jengushipedethel, Lauren Obo Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time
1: for Glib Shark. hi i'm jonathan hi I'm, I'm jack
2: and i was gonna sneak ahead to everybody but i'll still be the caboose and say i'm lauren
0: well you're not really the caboose because i'm john and i'm in the back today
3: thou
2: chicka wait what
0: uh-huh
3: and we are glib shark and apparently 80 percent of dungeons and dragons and drunks so today is recording on april 5th 2016. Happy birthday to Spam Man, and uh, I want to give a little quick shout out for uh, for T.O. Uncon. Uh, tickets are on sale now at T-O-U-N-C-O-N dot com. Uh, fun for the whole family, or at least the whole internet family.
2: And hey, if anybody is listening to this and is going to be in Seattle this weekend uh, for Emerald City Comic Con, I'm not going because I have to work like crazy hours this whole weekend but I'm gonna to try to maybe get out to Seattle in late, 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 late in the evening. Uh, shoot me up uh, a message. Send me a message on Twitter and let me know you're in town
3: so that we can meet up. There you go. And if you happen to be at Emerald City Comic Con, um, go see hi, hi to uh, Jay and Miles from Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. Uh, aside from the podcast we do here, it's one of my very favorites. Uh, and tell them Jack and sent you. See how they react. Hey. Poorly. But first, as always, or at the very least, as often as we can, we have the lovely, the talented, the amazing, the exceptional Oboe Crazy here to do a little something that we call This Week in Geek. How are you, Lauren?
2: I have a bottle of Jack Daniels next to me, and it's delicious. I only have two things to talk about in This Week in Geek this week because we just recorded an episode of Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, which you can find at Dungeon Drunks or on this very podcast podcast. So I'm a little tired. But hey, two fun things to talk about. You probably got the Blu-ray for Star Wars The Force Awakens. Or if you didn't, you know someone who did. Let's face it. Everybody loves Star Wars. And the Blu-ray came out today. To coincide with this release, Sphero has released an update to the BB-8 app. So you've, you've probably seen it, the little tiny remote-controlled BB-8s that you can actually control with your phone. It's adorable. You can now download an update to the tiny droid so that it'll watch the movie along with you. Not only that, it'll react to what's happening on the screen with sounds in motion. So if you're having trouble finding somebody to watch The Force Awakens with you, now you can just stick BB-8 next to you and he'll just react along with you as though he's never seen the movie before. So once you've updated the app, you'll find a new entry among the various play modes called watch with me that gets BB-8 ready to enjoy the flick. You'll also need to make sure that the app has access to your device's microphone since it's your smartphone or the tablet that will be listening along not the actual droid. Um, You know, because sometimes magic is magic. For the best experience, you'll want to place the device running the Sphero app near your TV so it can hear what's going on. You'll want BB-8 perched on its dock in front of you so you can see it react and you might want to plug it in because The Force Awakens is just over two hours and you want to watch it through all the way to the credits. It is adorable. You can see video out there of it and it's amazing. And it kind of makes me wish that I'd bought one of these things, except, you know, money. So, so
0: mine's basically a glorified cat toy. So I'm updating now. So I have somebody to watch. Somebody
2: with. There you go. It's, it's amazing. And it's adorable. I have a friend who's got one of those things and it's, it is, it is just adorable. I love it. Uh, The other story I have is about a real droid. We're talking about NASA's Opportunity rover, which is out on Mars. And every once in a while, Opportunity sends back pictures or grainy videos or, you know, something reminding us that it's doing something kind of friggin' amazing. And recently, it was a dust devil. It's... It doesn't seem like much. I mean, hey, it's a dust devil. We get those all the time on Earth, but it's a Martian dust devil. And uh, Opportunity was actually able to capture an image of it, and it's one of the best ones that's ever been captured. Uh, NASA's Opportunity rover actually snapped the picture on March 31st, 2016. Like our planet, Mars features these columns of rotating hot air that pick up sand and dust all around them as they spin fast enough, making the vortex visible. The picture is actually pretty cool because the Martian rover had to turn its camera around to go look at it behind it. So you see its tracks through the Martian soil back to where this dust devil was. So it kind of looks like it's looking behind it as it runs from a, a really small tornado. It's kind of adorable. So dust devils have largely eluded opportunity during its missions. The twin rover Spirit uh, managed to witness a number of them during its tenure on Mars. But these mini twisters are fairly common on the red planet. And so if you have watched the Martian and you saw all those little tiny dust devils, yeah, that's actually kind of accurate. But you can now see the photo of actual Martian dust devils. There's something really special about that, seeing the real thing. Definitely go check out those pictures. That's all for this week. On this weekend geek, I'm obo crazy, and I just want to keep looking at the. I, I kind of want BB-8 to sit next to me and look at these adorable pictures of Martian dust devils.
3: The world is indeed an adorable place. If you have a fact that you want read live and on the air on this broadcast, you can send it to to Lauren at obocrazy.com, and she'll read it. And while you're at it, go to glibshark.com home of episodes of our uh, Modern glib shark, classic Jenga Jam with interviews with people like Chris Hastings and Carly Minardo, and, you know, buttcasts from back in the day with uh, fledgling internet superstars like Barbara Dunkelman, uh, Mary McDowell, and so on and so forth. And, of course, our latest sensation, Dungeons and & Dragons and Drunks, featured recently on the Dungeons & Dragons podcast with Greg Tito.
2: Yes, it was awesome. Although, sadly, I've found out that my parents still haven't listened to the episode. I'm a little annoyed. Aww. I keep asking every week, I'm just like, hey, have you guys listened to the episode yet? Like, I mention my parents in the episode, I talk about you to the people who made Dungeons and Dragons on a podcast for all the people who play Dungeons and Dragons. And they're like, oh yeah, we're definitely going to listen to it. And it's been weeks. Mm. I love you, Mom and Dad.
3: Don't be like Lauren's parents, listen to that show right now.
2: Oh, we had a lot of fun, which my parents will soon find out about once they listen.
3: Yeah, and you can have that fun right now. All you got to do is go to the Dungeons and Dragons uh, podcast. Was it Wizards of the Coast? I'm trying to remember what the exact uh, website would be. If you go,
2: people- just Google Wizards of the Coast or Google Wizards D&D. It's, it's their official uh, website. Um, give me 10 seconds and I'll give you an actual URL.
3: All right, while we're waiting for those 10 seconds, uh, we ha- we're It'll joined It'll be less actually. than that. It's
2: wizards.com. Go to wizards.com. That's the Wizards of the Coast website. Go to the Dungeons and Dragons area and go check out their podcast. And you can find me. I'm in the URL.
3: And speaking of Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, we are joined by none other than the one, the only, the amazing. Jonathan the, the L- Magimus
0: Killer.
3: Well, no, he's always here. I'm talking about Carlton Tanks. The, the surprisingly literate, Carlton tanks the only one who remembers people's names when when he puts his mind to it that is how you doing buddy I'm doing well I smash things with
0: axes and it goes well for me yeah, dude. there's a benefit of being a tank sometimes
3: absolutely gosh I mean I'm thinking all the times you've saved our bacon it's just like although I feel like there's a mutual bacon we're like a mutual bacon saving admiration society it's like a
0: bacon saving factory
3: yeah bacon saving factory can we call ourselves that the bacon saving factory as, like a very, as, a, just, as a Jew, please no. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, like then again, cool, it's like, not
2: my group, so I'm just yeah.
0: Thinking,
3: yeah. It, it has, like, a cool, like, right,
0: 70s Right, but you have vibe control to over what happens to us, so if we kind of pick a name that you don't like, maybe we encounter some stuff that doesn't go our way. Just say it.
2: <laughs> I'm not that vindictive, mostly. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> they
3: mostly come out at night. Mostly. Although... We do take pun damage, which is something that has tempered my style of gameplay.
1: Jonathan, the yes. Muscular disregards possible pun damage.
3: Oh, clearly. You're worse at it than I am. I would say lately, if you take the last 10 episodes of D&D&D, you're more of a pun guy than I am at this point.
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: I feel yeah.
2: like I've just grown tired of throwing damage at you because it hasn't worked. So I just do it in more subtle
3: ways. It's not the turret. <laughs> Except when you get covered in things that you don't want to be covered in. (laughs) Which seems to happen to Travancore a lot more often than I might like. I mean, I love the juxtaposition of the fact that he's supposed to be this sort of, you know, dignified, quasi-royal figure, but yet he's constantly subjected to this this debasement, this endless indignity by disingenuous Montbanks.
1: (laughs) I did want to mention that uh, I did buy Star Wars on... (coughs) Pardon me. Cough right. No dying. Yeah, no dying. Uh, I did buy Star Wars on digital on Friday, and so on Friday night, we had a little bit of a Star Wars date, and it was cool. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch it again. I'd only see it in like twice in the theater, so uh, seeing it at home for a third time was really, really neat.
2: Nice. Yeah, I've only seen it the once in the theater, and then I think Luke has a, a digital copy uh, now. So I, I think I've seen it over his shoulder while he's been drawing, while he's been watching it while drawing, but I've, I've really only seen it the once. Yeah,
0: I saw s- it once at theaters and now I have the Blu-ray on order. should be getting here in a day or two. Yeah, right. I thought
1: about maybe actually picking up the Blu-ray. I don't think I will right now, but uh, uh, having it on digital is fine for me because I can play it anywhere and it's, it's good.
0: Well, what yeah. I usually do is I just rip the copies to digital that I have on the Blu-ray. That way I can watch it mobily or whatever. And a lot of times the Blu-rays come with a digital copy. But there's yeah, times I want all the bonus features, especially something like Star Wars. I'm going to want the bonus features.
2: That is becoming more and more common for the digital versions to be included. Or, or not even a digital version. Sometimes the Blu-ray is a Blu-ray DVD digital combo uh, just to get all of your needs. Yeah. Which is nice. I have not been watching movies uh, because I just... I'm not a movie person I have been doing a lot of reading lately though which I um, I felt bad in the last couple of months I feel like I've really gotten off the reading train and then with all of the critical role that I've been watching they've been talking about Brandon Sanderson who is the um, he's an author who the most recent book of his has a cover has cover art in where one of the characters basically looks like Matthew Mercer so they've been having fun with that and then so like the name had been rolling around in my head. And then out of nowhere, one of my good friends on Halo um, mentioned him and how much of a fan he was of his books. And I said, oh, I've heard this guy from Critical Role. And so I, I have actually bought his book. So Brandon Sanderson, one of his first series is called Mistborn. It's a three book series. Uh, and I just and the first book is actually called Mistborn, and I just finished that book the other day, and have started working on book two. And I have to say, I've, I've been very impressed. It is a surprisingly quick read, um, even though it doesn't feel like a quick read. Like it's not. It's got um, a good lore and a really interesting magic system and really fun characters, but it it dives just deep enough enough into everything so that you feel like you know these people and you know this world and you know what's going on, but it doesn't go lore crazy. So action and plot happen very quickly, even though you're also getting Explained the World. So highly recommend. I will be moving on to to finishing book two as quickly as I can.
1: Yeah, I read Sanderson's um, <coughs> oh, what is it? The uh, Words of Radiance series? I, I'm, I'm trying to remember which one it is. its Uh it's uh it's a really good one it takes see all of sanderson's stuff takes place in the same like cosmic deal so you'll have like if a creature is powerful enough it'll show up in multiple sanderson stories Mm. or sanderson series i know there's at least one that has come over to the uh to the word of kings uh deal or the way of kings sorry way of kings and that one uh that series has been really really awesome i've read the first two books and i don't know when the third one is coming out but sanderson is a really prolific writer i also read his uh steelheart novella and that was really good too
2: yeah that everything you said has been echoed by a lot of the other people especially my friend sarge who had recommended this to me that he is um he is prolific but high quality that he his whole universe is 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 it's one big universe even if there's not obvious connections because it's totally different stories and uh basically because when i'd asked i said well what book should i start with and then i gave the caveat if you're going to give me a series i don't mind if you give me a three five even ten book series but right now what I want is a complete series give me something with an end don't give me another Game of Thrones to read and he's like no 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 the good thing about you know Sanderson is that if he says he's going to finish a book he's going to fucking finish that book you don't have to worry about it um, but yeah that was one of the reasons I started with Mistborn is he said it was an excellent introduction to that world and those characters and it was a, a, a complete series so yeah thumbs up would recommend I think Stormlight Archive is the other one that I've been here, that I've heard. Stormlight
1: Archive, that's the one I've read. The first okay. one is Way of, uh, Way of Kings, and then Word of Radiance is uh, is the second book. And apparently the third book is going to be Oathpringer, which is coming out in
2: 2017. Okay. So, yeah, prolific and uh, consistent. There you go. I'm trying to remember what the name of the book was. Um like I actually saw it in uh, the Barnes and Noble that I was at because I was trying to decide if I did I really want to go with the one that had Matt Mercer on the cover or did I want to go? Here you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Um, oh, here we go. The Bands of Mourning. Apparently, if you so if you see the cover for the Bands of Mourning, check out the guy that's on the cover. It's Matt Mercer. It is. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I want to have that experience one day of looking at a book cover of a book that i've never seen before and be like that kind of looks like me i think i was just cast on a book
1: my uh my buddy's father-in-law is if you've ever played magic the gathering and have run into the card uh soldevi simulacrum that's my buddy's father-in-law
2: the actual picture
1: the actual picture
2: Is that on purpose or is it one of those happy coincidences? No,
1: he was, uh, he was the artist who made that particular card uh, was friends with him and used him as a model. That's cool. Yeah.
2: That's, does he play magic?
1: I don't know that he does anymore.
2: Because I got to say, if I was the art on a magic card... I'd play magic everywhere, and he, I don't care that I would be bad at it, but I would play that card as quickly as possible.
1: He is—I uh, I actually, I'm not sure if he's if he has or or still does play. He may because uh, my buddy is a big big fan of magic, and I know his kids have played, so it's very possible that since they all live in the same house, the same giant fucking house, that uh, that they have played magic with the kids before.
2: Okay. Esoteric question, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. If you were a magic card, tell me what kind of magic card you would be. Describe what what's your mana pool? What's your uh uh what's your stats? Give me Give me it.
1: I would be a dual land because everyone fucking wants a dual land.
2: <laughs> okay, what what land though?
1: Uh I'd probably be an underground lake, so uh, black blue.
2: You know, I kind of want to just be green because I like being a giant creature. I'd I be a black lotus
0: because a- I'm so money.
2: <laughs> I want to be a giant creature with trample. I want to be something uh, pretty but dangerous.
3: I would be a blue eyes white dragon. <laughs> I was going to make that joke too. But I be black lotus one. And don't tell me I can't because I believe in the heart of the cards. I want to be a Charizard
0: then.
2: now i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with my trample i just want to be i i I never got into i never even really got into magic but i've never gotten into any of those card games so i know enough to be uh intelligent about my about talking about them but that's about it
3: i mean i know the basic rules of it but i haven't really played actively in about 18 years so
2: Jenga, Ooh. you and I might be uh playing with you might be one of the few times I've ever actually played magic outside of a video game because I remember us, I want to say it was at PAX East, uh, waiting for the Rooster Teeth panel to start. Yep. That was the first time. Oh, memory.
3: yeah. And, and yeah, we were sitting yeah. on
2: the floor waiting for the, the thing to start and we opened up those plane walker packs and and I think you might have actually taught me how to play magic in that moment.
3: Yeah, I can't imagine it was only time I've ever know. played. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I I wanted to play. but I played on borrowed decks, and I realized very quickly, in order to get good at it, you have to keep buying more and more cards. And I just yep. noped on out. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Do not want. Best of luck to you if it's your thing, but it's not mine.
2: Of course, I'm I went con- on to buy comic books. <laughs> I'm constantly uh, surprised by how far Luke is able to get in Hearthstone without buying any any cards. Yeah,
1: I uh, I actually just bought the pre-order pack for uh, the next expansion. So, oh, that reminds me, I need to actually set my uh, card back because they they they're letting people set the the special card back from that pre-order, and it's got little eyeballs and stuff. And that's part of the reason why I did the pre-order was because I wanted that that particular card back because it was cool.
2: Are those kind of things something that the player your opponent can see or only you? Yes,
1: can see? the opponent can see your card back,
2: even if they don't own that mm-hmm. card back. Yeah. Okay, that's
1: cool. Yeah, there's a couple, there's one that like has these like blue and gold like gears on it. It's really neat looking, but I think that was a that was probably a reward from something else like either a pre-order or like a reward from a different game. There's actually a paladin that you can get that's like a sort of a paladin skin and if you get to level 20 in League of Legends or not League of Legends, but a World of Warcraft, then that is a reward that you can get in Hearthstone. And I think there's a card back, like if you pre-order Overwatch, you can get a card back for that, too.
2: Ah, Blizzard, tying all of their shit together like smart people.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I actually had a pretty good run on uh, on Hearthstone today, uh, on the treadmill. I won three games, I got to 18, just went, went from 20 to 18, just right away. And uh, one game I got a turn four Concede, which I was very happy about.
2: I've been playing a lot of um, uh, Avengers. Uh, I just lost the name of the game. Avengers Alliance 2 actually just came out and that has become my treadmill game. And it's fun. I haven't I haven't found the depth yet, but I also haven't found the paywall yet. So I'm kind of waiting for that moment to see what happens. Um, and I do notice in the chat, we've got a splash screen for Quantum Break. Is that just because it's coming out?
1: Uh, yes, uh, I actually, it came out today and I got to play it a little.
2: Ah, tell us about your quantum break experience.
1: Uh, so far, it's been pretty good. It's uh, it's a little strange because you have time powers and you shoot stuff. So uh, I'm still working on that out, uh, working that out. I haven't actually played all that much because pretty much I came home, I made a little dinner. I got to play for like an hour, 45 minutes, and then we started on Dungeons & Dragons Drunks. I do have training tomorrow so I don't have to wake up quite as early so I might play it a little bit after we get done here. But uh, so far it's been pretty interesting. It's, uh, it's apparently a choose your own adventure so there are going to be breaks in the story where you can go one way but your friend may choose a different path. So I'm looking forward to playing the different iterations of the story.
2: And who's cooler, Littlefinger or The Hobbit?
1: Uh, so far they both look pretty creepy so I would have to <laughs> say uh, The Hobbit so far.
2: Okay, have you reached any of the live action cutscenes? No, I guess no, it's not cutscenes. Okay, yeah, I, I guess it's not really cutscenes. Is is short selling it? Apparently, there are like thirty minute TV episodes depending on your choices in the middle of this game.
1: Yeah, I was actually talking to a friend of the show Izzy, and she had gotten a little bit farther, and so she was. Wa- I think she was watching one of the live action scenes. Uh, last I checked, so uh, that was uh, that. That's something I'm looking forward to getting to. Because they they approach it not like cutscenes, but yeah, like like actual episodes where you can stop, you can pause, you can rewind. And so if you miss something, you can go back and get it.
2: Mm. I am interested in it, but I don't have the money right now for another game. I have been playing Luke and I have continued to play Wolf Among Us, which came out for of free games for those of us with gold. So we just last night did episode two of all five and got, or I got drunk and we played through that. So that's been a lot of fun, Uh, which is a, a total choose your own adventure, but no shooting. And then Luke has been going through afterwards. So we've been playing together and kind of making decisions together, although I'm the one with the controller, so it tends to go more good, especially since with Wolf Among Us, you have to make the decisions fairly quickly. It gives you a timer. And then he's been going back afterwards on his account and replaying the mission and being kind of an evil bastard. So it's been fun to see the differences uh, or what isn't different depending on what choices that he's been making. Django, you've been playing anything new?
3: Well, it's funny you should ask. I recently (laughs) got... um, I saw a deal, and I was able to pick up a Dragon Age Inquisition, which I know isn't very new. But... uh, but here's the thing: there was an electrical storm here a couple of days ago, and now my Xbox One is on the fritz. Ooh! So, uh, so I'm gonna try it after the show to see if I can get it working again. If not, I, it's under warranty at least, so I can take it to the Best Buy, have them take a look at it, see if there's an issue with the HDMI cable, if it's my TV or if it's the Xbox. But uh, I'm looking the issue forward you're to it. Having? Well, apparently it doesn't detect it, like, on the TV. Like, I plug it in, I turn it on, and it doesn't detect it. I put it into the other TV, and it works just fine, and the other HDMI stuff works on this TV. But for some reason, the Xbox One isn't being recognized. So it might just be simply as simple as an HDMI cable. could be something more advanced. Keep in mind, my TV is also about seven or eight years old. So it might be time to upgrade. Yeah, but, it might uh, be
2: the TV. I mean, if you're able to, to put that on a different TV and it works just fine, I wouldn't say
3: just fine. It was all like faded and stuff. I do that whole like when you hold down the power button and the eject button resets the whole like daily. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's just a screen format that it does. I don't think it's like a factory reset. At least I hope it's not. I have, well, most of my stuff is cloud storage. I should be okay. Yeah. But uh, it's been a crazy couple of days. I mean, in, in Philadelphia especially, like um, just the preparation for uh, you know, the NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, not to go to sports too much, but uh, but my old college, Villanova, has won the national championships. So I was. I was about to
1: say you can you you're entitled to go into sports as much as you want at this point.
3: All right. Well, I'll I'll gloss over briefly because I know our audience. Um, sports. Yes. Ball. So sports ball, uh, you know my brother actually came down from Long Island. We watched. the went to campus. We watched the game together at a place called Connolly Center, which is like their student center kind of place. They also had people at the normal place. They play basketball, but that place was packed. So I didn't want to watch in a huge crowd. So my brother and I just watched the whole game. And that was a nail biter of a game. It was so back and forth. And the thing that I keep coming back to is how unselfish the uh, the players are. How like just team oriented they are. They're, they're they'll they'll decrease give up their own opportunities to help somebody else out to make sure that they are what they do at one point one of our guys uh was even like mopping the floor to make sure that the mop was okay because he knew he had to do it properly i think it was Ochefe, and uh, man ryan archie diacono man, that, that kid is just incredible just at, at the end he had the opportunity to make the shot but he's like no nah, i'll give it to my teammate and he nailed it the very last possible second and it was it was such and go for a while there. I, I felt like it was slipping away from me. And then a uh, funny thing happened on the way to losing. You won.
1: I, I didn't. I had for actually forgotten that the game was on. And then when I sat that down and, uh, and looked at Twitter and stuff, I'm like, oh, crap, that's going on, like, right now. So I, so I turned it on. I, I, like, turned on the stream. And that was right before uh, uh, the Tar Heels made that one three-pointer to tie it with like five seconds left. And then, so I'm like, oh my God, I, I hadn't been watching this game, but I'm so interested. And yeah. then that last three pointer to the buzzer beater to win it was just phenomenal. I actually threw up my arms in celebration because because of the moment, like, yeah. like if you were to want the end of a game to go any more dramatically that's how you want to do it. And I, a lot of people were saying after the game that it's an instant classic, and I totally agree. It's,
3: objectively speaking, one of the best, if not the best basketball game I've ever watched. I don't think that's hyping it much at all. It was totally balanced. It was back and forth. It was tit for tat, balance. There was drama. There was suspense. There was Michael Jordan in the background. And uh, I got to say in your face, Michael Jordan. And, uh, of course, he became a meme crying Jordan took off mine didn't but uh but what a great town for not just the university and the alumni and the students but for the whole area really I mean at one point all of Philadelphia who ordinarily they all all the basketball teams here hate each other so you know St. Joe's LaSalle Temple they're all part of the big five along with Villanova and um at the end like most of them were galvanizing around the idea that hey if one of us win we all win and that's a wonderful thing
1: And the, pres-
3: the proceeding has been a presentation of glib sports, I guess.
2: <laughs> that's okay. I, I may not watch sports at all, but I do agree with Jonathan in where that's your team. Those yeah. are, those are your, your peeps. You have every right to talk about that kind of thing. Talk to me come baseball
3: season. Yeah, well, pitcher. that's now. Pitchers and catchers are, are the regular season already started. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm terrible I'm, at this I don't know, to be fair The nearest professional baseball team to you now Is like what, like three hours away? Uh,
0: Yeah, either Houston or, uh, or Dallas or, or the Rangers, yeah Which both are AL teams And Phillies are an NL team Right,
3: but the Phillies is, I was like, it's oh
0: w- When I moved down here, I was like, oh, I can watch the Phillies play Houston, but that was the year Houston switched leagues, I went, oh fuck you But now
3: there's interleague play Like all year so it's yeah. not like it's a, rare, it's a rare thing for the NL to play the AL anymore. Or That's I just come
0: back to Philly to go to the ball games, which is what I'm doing in May.
3: So, well, there, there you go. Like I, I want to go to a game this year. Like I, I missed out on it last year, and I feel like the Phillies are starting to turn a corner a little bit. Like it's going to take a couple of years for them to build back, but uh, at least we have the the taste of failure. Like you know, we have a chance to move on from. Uh, that just shows from, you that I'm not a fair weather fan from the dark days of Ruben Amaro. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's if you if you hung out this long, then yeah. I liked them in the nineties, I liked them in the early two thousands,
0: and I liked them in the late two thousands. Yes. I had that
3: bell curve. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's not an easy thing to be a Philadelphia sports fan, I'll tell you that much.
1: It's but also it's not easy, easy if you've been great. if you've been investing your money via a Panamanian law firm, uh your your world has gotten turned upside down a little oh, bit. Oh
3: yeah, the whole Panama <laughs> Papers thing. How great now, of a name is that? Panama Papers. Yeah, like that, is,
2: that like, is a It is a Tom Clancy novel. Let's yeah. face it.
0: Like when it comes down to the history books, like that name, perfect. Like shot heard around the world, all that stuff, it's going to be Panama Papers.
3: Yeah, a lot of people call me down this week. The uh, the Prime Minister of Iceland already resigning. Looks like uh, Labour, I mean not Labour, I'm sorry, uh, the Tories in, uh, in England. Like I think David Cameron's dad was involved somehow.
1: They were saying that uh, that uh, Messi was involved too, the, the oh. soccer player. Yeah, it's, it's just, like it's it's like so far-reaching, and it is. They they were saying like just as far as like the size of the of the files that were that were turned over, like what something like eleven terabytes,
3: something like that. It's, and the really weird thing is the, the explanation that Vox gave, I thought was the best thing possible. So, Vox, the explain the VOX, the explain the news uh, website, they sort of said, Well, imagine, you know, you have a piggy bank and your friend lets you keep your piggy bank over there. And maybe it's because you're trying to hide money for your mom. Maybe it's because your, your brother bullies you and takes your money. But regardless, this kid has this idea to start housing other people's piggy banks. Trouble is this isn't allowed and his mom finds out and everyone gets in trouble. The neighborhood gets in trouble. And that's basically what happened. In a nutshell.
0: That's why I keep my money under my mattress. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you don't, you can you can invest in a bank. But just don't do it in like a, a Panamanian bank with no... Just don't do, do no it oversight. in a...
1: Ta- like you can't have... You, you can't do tax evasion. That's essentially what all this is. <laughs> is like it's just billions of dollars uh, that should have been going to governments that aren't. And and so that's, it, it's a big deal and, and so many people are going to come down for it. It's like uh, the, I think there were a As couple well officials Yeah, there were a couple officials in Brazil that are named in the documents and those guys were already in trouble because of the whole Olympic fiasco.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy with brazil is like how could they get in any more trouble oh they let up some money in panama <laughs> we'll find a way it's like and, paul kogan always says take your vitamins say your prayers pay your taxes
2: and while glim is not a accredited accountant and should not be giving you tax advice in these last 10 days before the end of the tax season we do advise you don't do anything illegal
0: I'm not going to lie. I may have asked my accountant about setting up my a business in Ireland. So because that I'm self-employed, I have to pay that additional self-employed tax. And I'm like, it's not fair if Facebook and everybody else doesn't have to pay it. Yeah. So Maybe we determined that, that on a not doing illegal things <laughs> is probably best. Yeah. See, But
2: his accountant said, that's a bad idea because that's illegal. And then he said, okay, then I won't do it because I would never do anything illegal.
0: Yeah. Because your job is to keep me out of jail.
2: Exactly. Hey, hey i have i have breaking news in the world of dungeons and dragons if we'd like to move on to slightly happier topics uh, All right. oh yeah so if you watch um if you watch the geek and sundry twitch channel on third on friday april 8th from 4 30 to 6 p.m you can watch a sloth play d d that's right
0: that's my spirit animal
2: a sloth So apparently after hitting 16,000 subscribers on their Twitch channel, Geek and Sundry is bringing Sid the Sloth, which is, yes, his real name, to the Geek and Sundry offices. And they are going to play D&D with Sid the Sloth. It will include the crew from Critical Role and Felicia Day, as well as some other guests. And it will be broadcast live uh, to commemorate the illustrious day of interspecies role playing. There will be sloth t-shirts for sale with a portion of the proceeds going to the Wildlife Learning Center charity, which is the home of Sid the Sloth. So, yeah, that's um, hashtag sloth and sundry. And that's April 8th from 430 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. Go see a sloth. Play d
0: So I have five sloth t-shirts already, no lie. And I think I need to add a sixth one.
2: There you go. I I don't know if you can already buy this t-shirt. It doesn't look like it yet. Um, I would definitely keep an eye on geekandsundry.com because uh, at least as far as their Critical Role t-shirts go, when they put those things up on sale, they go away super fast. I am still really bitter about the fact that I don't have a Gilmore's Glorious Goods t-shirt, partially because I wasn't there to buy one, mostly because I don't have any money. Uh, Hey, if anyone ever wants to buy me something, buy me a Critical Role t-shirt. I will be really happy. But yeah, so Friday, apparently you can add to your sloth. Okay, wait, now I need to back up. Why do you have a sloth t-shirt collection?
0: So the reason I have sloth uh, five sloth t-shirts was I bought one on Woot. And it was a sloth with, like, stunner shades with fireworks in the background. It was awesome. And then I bought another one off of Woot with the little baby sloth in the pocket. I'm like, all right, that's good. But then Drunk John was like, nah, you need to have a sloth shirt for every day of the working week. And so okay. he went out and bought three more. Live slow, die whenever. Three sloth moon. And then, what's the last one? So Uh Oh, Sloth Baka. So it's like a sloth dressed like Chewy. I
2: want to live in your life.
0: It's my spirit animal, man. Live, slow, die, whenever.
2: I, I want to be a sloth fan like you. They're so adorable. I love it. They do have giant claws. I mean, I do agree with they There is
0: a pet shop in Austin that has a store mascot that is a sloth, and you can go and see it and visit it. You cannot buy it, I have asked.
2: Well, no, because I don't think sloths are legal as pets.
0: They are in Texas.
2: Well, that's because it's Texas.
0: That's because it's Texas.
2: That's because it's Texas. <laughs> Glipshark does not condone nor uh, approve of you having a sloth as a no, pet. No, they are very
0: difficult t- pets, and that's why they have one at the store. Was Somebody's like, oh, I want a sloth pet. And then they got it, and they're like, I can't take care of this. This is really difficult. Here, you have it.
3: Yeah. This happens parents. every time we have said like on, oh, man. Like, I feel like we have, we double the number of disclaimers we normally do or triple them. <laughs> Shark <Gloomshark laughs> does not advocate the unauthorized practice of law. Just kidding. Secret lawyers meeting after the show. Just don't
0: do anything I say. Just <laughs> as a word of advice, don't believe a word out of my mouth. Don't do anything I say. You're probably better off.
2: Ah, mm. uh, sloths.
0: Except buy more sloth shirts, especially yeah. if they benefit uh, uh, charities and shit.
3: Well, yeah. I just I've also assumed. planned
0: trips to Costa Rica to go visit the sloth sanctuary. Oh man, have you been? I didn't sleep? even yeah.
2: know there was a sloth sanctuary.
0: Oh my god, so many adorable baby sloth videos from there.
2: Oh my, well, back there when There was, was up, the rest of my internet usage.
0: Back when I used to work in Philly, when I was having like a bad day at the office, my student workers would just like put on baby sloth videos for me and like tuck me in the corner, be like, "All right, John, here, you watch some sloth videos and don't let anybody talk to you because." You're gonna make somebody cry because you're in a bad mood. All right, make adults cry. It was cool. I have,
2: I have done it, even though I will regret it. I have Googled bath time for baby sloths. Oh my god!
0: Actually, oh my god. I, what I've
2: what I Googled was baby sloth videos, and I am now watching uh, Animal Planet's bath time for baby sloth.
0: Oh my god! It's so adorable. I know exactly which one you're talking about. It's a bit, oh, I got it. It's too cute. <laughs> All
2: right. right. I'm gonna stop watching because then all I'm gonna do is gonna be watching baby sloths. But yeah, there you go. So this Friday, more
3: sloths. Can we just I'd, make our shark panel a baby sloth watching party? As our friend Corey would say,
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> Jenga, as long as it's just we're watching videos of baby sloths and don't actually have to coordinate having a real life sloth in although I will say if we are able to somehow magically coordinate Having a sloth at our panel, I think we will be a sold out (laughs) panel.
3: I think Esther Cirola came up with the best idea for an RTX panel. Where it's basically like, no, 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 no. Which basically she's just going to eat lunch for an hour. We get to watch her.
2: Yeah. People, you know, people would go.
3: I I want frontline seats. I'll give you a pass if that was a a a a approved panel. (laughs) I'm only only kind of joking. (laughs) (laughs) I'd do it. Sorry,
0: I'm what were like, you saying? I was watching baby sloths. Exactly. I would do it
2: if I could eat lunch. I don't need to sit next to her or even anywhere near her, but I would do it if I could also eat lunch there. And then I, I could say to. I had lunch with Esther Sirola.
0: Actually, you know what I a really good idea for an RTX panel. panel would be? What? Sloths. Five friends getting together and playing Dungeons & Dragons while drinking. That's so a do good that idea. We're doing that a
2: different panel.
0: Can we do it? Can we have it twice? Can we do it like... As d and, and then Glitch Shark, we do it with mimosas in the morning, and we just like play again.
2: <laughs> play the exact same adventure a second time. Or say, we not play... a Telltale game. You don't make different choices.
3: <laughs> or we play the same adventure from Reggie's perspective. And all Reggie! four of us RP as Reggie. <laughs> hey, Reggie, <All> right. <laughs> Reggie roll side quest. to
2: see if you eat grass. Roll if... to see if you cuddle with Shadow.
0: 16. I, I do not. <laughs> what? Well, I got a plus
2: two advantage. cuddling.
3: I, I got a,
2: plus a cuddling, bonus. <laughs> cuddling bonus. Cuddling bonus. <laughs> no, I, 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 have a few I appreciate things. Appreciate cuddling. I've, I have a few things planned that are D and D related on the Glib Shark panel, but I think Glib Shark needs to stand at least semi on its own. I do have at least, um, well, I'll go ahead and tease it. I, I have a blooper ish reel to oh, go nice. on Glib Shark panel. Um oh. it, It's not really bloopers. It's just stuff cut from. Uh, from all of our episodes for various and sundry reasons. Um, And once we get to the last couple of weeks, I need to now cut it down because I think I have like 15 minutes worth of content and that's a little much.
3: And you know what? Um, That bad fanfic contest, that's still open. If you have bad fanfic, you want to submit and have us read at our panel, you can send it to late N-I-T-E Jenga at gmail.com. And uh, I'll read it. And I might even read it out loud it at the panel if it's if it's bad slash good enough,
2: but not the whole thing, like no. a select paragraph.
3: Yeah, I would say excerpts from uh from some of the better selections. I'll, I'll I'll pick the choice bits. It'll be like the the uh the bad fanfic greatest hits.
2: And by guys, bad, guys,
3: they're so we cute.
2: Bad. Like the, it's it's
0: it's crying and, and making sounds and they get washed it's So cute.
2: We have lost him. We've lost him to the slum. This is your fault. It's not
3: my fault. It's Geek and Sandry's fault. He's in a sloth hole, guys. Sloth hole kills podcast dead. Yep.
0: (laughs) The most adorable way possible.
3: You know, where's Jonathan at a time like this? We need to come up with an alternate for Jonathan, like Puppet Jonathan or something. Why? I don't know. I think the idea of a little puppet. We call him Abuelo? No, I don't think That'd be inappropriate. But
1: I did watch, uh, I did watch Amazon, or not, not Amazon, but uh, Mozart in the Jungle this weekend. Oh, how's that? It's delightful. I it can't is. Watch that show. It's oboe. You would like it because it's no. about an oboe player.
2: I know. I've watched the first episode, and I I can't hate watch that show. I, I refuse
1: to. You can't hate watch it.
2: Yeah, because all I see are the the obvious moments when the actors are not really playing their instruments or the issues that they bring up that I'm like, that would never happen in a real
1: orchestra. Well, and I, I'll, I'll, I can't
2: be that person. I don't wanna be that person that ruins everybody else's fun with reality.
1: Well, and, and the thing is I, first of all, the music is awesome. Like well, yes. the, it's, it's such a, it, a quirky and, um, and wonderful show. But frankly, it, it made me sad because it reminded me of how I don't do music anymore. Of how I I haven't played an instrument in in so long, and there was actually there was an episode where uh, one of the characters heard a heard a little girl play the flute, and was just so mesmerized by that. Like he didn't care about anything; he just wanted to meet this little girl, and because he was so so in awe of her talent, and that one that one hit some feels because it was like I said, it was it was reminding me of of like the joy of playing music. And that's just a joy that I don't have anymore.
2: And that's, I've heard from many people, surprisingly, as an oboist, people want to talk to me about Mozart in the jungle. Hmm, I wonder why. And I've studiously tried to avoid talking about it because of that, because all I can see are the nitpicky inconsistencies and issues. And if it's a fun show or if it's a good show, or if you're getting something like that out of it, which is, you know, like the best compliment I think the show can get, then who am I to ruin your fun? Who am I? You know, just because I can't get over the fact that, oh, my God, what are you doing? That's not how you hold an oboe. Like, fuck it. No, that's not what this show really is about. So. Right.
1: It, it, it reminds me of how people try and make me watch things just because like D&D is in it. And I have never seen a show that did Dungeons and Dragons well. Because I for the same reasons that that you don't like watching people pretend to play the oboe, and then there's ridiculous shit that would never happen in an actual orchestra or a professional environment like that. I have never seen a fictional portrayal of DD where that shit didn't happen. In fact, I think the best the best portrayal of D&D on, t- on television was actually in Freaks and Geeks, and they yes. only spent like 10 minutes doing it.
0: Nah, dude, it's the um, Dungeons and Dragons movie starring, starring Marlon Wayans, man. That's the best portrayal.
1: <laughs> I will say at
2: least Dungeons and Dragons... I got and drunk Dragons. and watched
0: it. It was amazing, terrible.
2: I mean, the good thing about portrayals of Dungeons and Dragons is I feel like you could get away with a bit more because... The, one of the main tenets of d d is the idea that anything can happen and anything is possible. And everybody's got house rules and things that they do that are different than the printed books. And, you know, so maybe you're playing a, a, a home variant or whatever. And You know, but yeah, I do agree that that can get a little, a little surprising. I mean, I've talked about how much I love Critical Role and how great of a show it is. And Matt home rules stuff all over the place. He's It's his own, own homebrew world. And I love it and I respect that. But even I was caught off guard on, you know, one episode in where something happened and where I was very, he, he was playing, uh, his NPC was a monk, a very high level monk. And his monk did a, an action that I'm very familiar with what that action does. And it didn't do what I was expecting. And I had the moment of like, wait, what? You know, but it's it he needed that to do something else and it worked for the story, and that's absolutely fine. So at least in D you can kind of get away with that, and where the answer to well, that's not how it works is well, it's my game.
1: Well, but like no one has done something that subtle. It's always yeah, a sad. very it's it's always a very gross misinterpretation of either the game or the players. And it's and, not something and, I appreciate.
2: And Mozart in the Jungle is the same thing for me. I can't yeah, look at. I can see um, that. Yeah, the very first. And the sad thing is, they have such amazing guest stars. And the like Bernadette Peters is one of my favorite people of she all time. She is ageless. I love her so much. She is gorgeous and talented and funny and amazing. And I want to appreciate her. Except every time I have to watch the orchestra and I see the principal cellist not knowing how to hold a bow or I watch as the actors just are, it's because they do such a good job of hiring real musicians to fill the gaps. It makes it that much more obvious that the non-musicians don't know what they're doing. And so I just, I'll take a step back, but I'm super glad you enjoy it. And if what you're getting out of it is that rekindling love for either playing or listening, because either is valid. You do not have to you do not have to play an instrument. Like it's cool if you do and I encourage everybody to try it. But honest to God, like we musicians need people to listen to their music and listening and appreciating is just as valid of participation in that art form as actually playing that instrument. So go see a concert. Go, you know, and it doesn't have to be even you know your your biggest symphony orchestra in the area. Go see like a a community orchestra that's going to have super cheap tickets. go go watch a concert on the lawn as we get into the summer season. There's like free concerts usually everywhere. Go do something like that, and you're participating in that artistic event. All right, rant over. I'm gonna leave and go play Halo.
1: That's probably a good place to wrap up for tonight
2: <laughs> is is oboe rant.
1: The proceeding has been a, an oboe crazy oboe rant. <laughs> I guess.
2: And where I say, go enjoy the shit that you enjoy. It's all good. To Jenga go watch wants,
3: Baby Sloth videos.
2: And Baby Sloth videos. Jenga, yeah. want to take us out?
3: Our sound producer is Jonathan, full of legal disclosures this episode. Serna.
1: <laughs> Jonathan the muscular here. Don't hire a Noel to do your legal work. They are insane and evil and not board certified. Oh. And thanks to
3: our uh, special guest, uh, John Sidlik. You can follow him at Twitter at that That'd be me. Cool beans, man! And you can listen to him, of course, as Carlton Tanks on Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks right here on this broadcast. Our sound producer is Jonathan Turn. I already said that. Our uh, voice actor—that's actor. okay.
2: It's a lot of it's a lot of work, and he deserves to get the credit twice.
3: That's true. So Bob Ball is a voice actor, and he does our uh, the opening for our, our. He's our announcer, actually. Uh, our theme music is done by Linnea Boyev. Um, on behalf of Jonathan Cerna- Also, Lauren,
2: happy birthday, Linnea.
3: And happy birthday, Lauren. Thank you. And on behalf of Jonathan Cerna, Lauren Urban, and the entire Gloom Shark staff, and the D&D staff too, this time around, this is Jack Edithel saying good night, good health, and, oh man, tagline go off on. Beef yeah. for Villanova, V Victory, kids.
0: That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at Glibshark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends.